All right, Psalm 119. We'll get into it here. Uh, we've looked over the last uh, several uh, weeks, I guess, uh, multiple areas concerning the Word of God. And, and uh, we come to the sixth stanza of Psalm 119. And it uh, deals with uh, a number of areas, I guess you could say, uh, that we need to be reminded of from time to time. And uh, we'll just take some time this morning and talk about the value of the Word of God to us. Right? Would you think, would, would you agree with me this morning that the Word of God is profitable for us? Amen. Absolutely, I believe it is. And so we're just going to look, we're going to kind of look at just a little thought from each verse this morning. And I'll just share some things with you. And <clears throat> it's been a challenging week for me. Um, I was in a court martial, and, and I guess uh, challenging, it's just been a very mental week, I should say. And uh, so I'm thankful that it's over. And uh, so uh, it's been refreshing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, just to come here and, and set those worries of the world aside and, and the things that we face on a daily basis and just focus on the Lord and what He has for us and, and just worship and glorify Him. And so I trust that's why, or I trust you'll do that today. Uh, make the most of the time here. I don't just show up and just check the box that I attended, but, but make the most of the time. Take advantage of it. Allow God's Word uh, to speak to your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to move and then respond in a way that would honor, honor God. Right? Uh, be submissive and yielding to what He has for you. So we're going to read uh, verses 41 down through verse 48. The eighth stanza. Uh, did I say eight? Yeah, it's the sixth. Sorry, I don't... I, so I haven't been in school for a while, and my maths aren't so good. But verse 41, it says, Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word, <clears throat> excuse me, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Father, we do thank you for this day. And Lord, we truly are grateful to be here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together around your word. And we pray for your touching on our Sunday school hour this morning. We pray that you would reach down from heaven and touch each Sunday school class. Be with the teachers, fill them with your spirit, Lord. And we ask that you would do a work through your word that would challenge us to walk closer to Christ, Lord. And that you would do a work in the heart of the lost, that they would see their need of a Savior and they would turn to Christ this day. And Father, we just pray for your blessing upon this hour. Lord, meet with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are. We see the protection of God's word in verse uh, 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. Did you know that we need uh, the Lord's mercies? Uh, we need God's mercies. Uh, the scripture really abounds with examples of God's mercies coming uh, to people. Uh, to us, to others, and, and uh, <clears throat> do you remember God's mercies with Abraham? There a man in Ur of Chaldees, and, and he's rescued from that darkness, if you will, and, and uh, the, the word, God's word burst in 
uh, really, and, and he hears God's voice and speaking to him. And uh, Abraham recognized that as the word of God, and, and uh, God calls him out of there, uh, to the, uh, out of uh, the Ur of Chaldees, and, and uh, he's rescued from that dark place of Babylon, uh, really, and, and uh, those who don't believe. And uh, think of the mercies that God had on Jonah. He's probably a great example of God's mercies. Uh, even in in midst of defiance and rebellion, uh, God can be merciful. Uh, God's patient, and uh, what an amazing thing! And and uh, uh, are you patient? You know, for many of you uh, are still raising kids. Some of you are no longer raising kids, but I found that that's a difficult thing at times to be patient. Um, but I've learned that it's necessary. Uh, I don't want to, I'm not raising robots. Uh, and so I can get them to comply. Uh, I can f- demand obedience. Uh, and we ought to expect ob- obedience, and there's times for those types of things. But, uh, but sometimes we need to be patient as we rear our children so they can learn and they can develop those things that really we want to be in their heart. Uh, an understanding of, of how w- the world works and, and how God wants to work in their heart and use them. And so I, I'm afraid, I know for me, I know some friends that grew up, they had very dogmatic parents, and they're not in church today. And I believe that's because their parents never were patient enough to allow God to do a work in the heart. Uh, and so I'm thankful for a God that's patient, and he, he was patient with Jonah. Uh, I don't think anybody would deny that. And, and Jonah called, in, it, from, it says in there in that passage, from the belly of hell is Jonah's uh, words there. And uh, he experienced the horrors and pangs uh, I, I can only imagine. I think uh, being swallowed by that fish and, and just the horrible circumstances that he's in. And, and, uh, and that mighty fish is, is, is diving down deep into the depths and Jonah's heart is no doubt sinking with it. I mean, can you imagine the despair uh, and, and the difficult circumstances in and, and the Lord comes to him there in that fish's belly. And uh, the word of God comes to him and rescues him from that despair. Uh, God's mercy there, even in that moment when he's rebelled uh, and he's thrown overboard and he's swallowed. And, and uh, so he and God's mercy comes and God speaks to him. Uh, and what's he do? He pledges to obey God's word. And it resulted in a change of his circumstances, right? We know that, that fish spit him up, right? And he goes and he, and he, preaches, he preaches the word of God. But it's an example of God's mercies. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord. Even thy salvation according to thy word. And, and the psalmist here, he no doubt has, has read the, the things in the scriptures about God's mercies. And he's desiring God to to share those mercies with him. Give him examples of those mercies. And so he wants to experience those, those things as well. God's word offers us protection on the journey home. And a protection from doubt. Protection from despair. Uh, from sin. Uh, and all the sorrow that that brings. And, and uh, that's God being merciful to us. Uh, we can look into his word and see these examples of how God works uh, in the lives of men. And it can save us a lot of heartache. And, and we can experience the mercies of God, uh, <clears throat> if you will. Uh, 
God's word is one of the three strands in the threefold cord of confidence, which holds fast, strong tides uh, that, that really affect us in the strain. Listen, our assurance of salvation really rests on the word of God. Uh, the work of Christ, obviously, uh, and then the witness of the Spirit in us, right? And, and so the Word of God has a significant piece of that. And, and, it, and it's by uh, faith in the Word of God, you, unless you've heard it, right? You can't believe it. And so it's really by the Word of God. And, and so the psalmist talks about even thy salvation according to thy Word. And, and listen, the psalmist here, he's thankful for the Word of God, which tells him about the mercies of God and the salvation he provides. And when you think about the Word of God and His mercies and, and you understand the plan of salvation that unfolds in these, in these pages, boy, that can do a heart good. Uh, as I said, I had a, a, a very mentally demanding week. Mentally straining. Just It was uh, you know serious decision and, and all those kind of things that you can think about. And, and, uh, but as you go into those secret times or those quiet times in the Word of God, you can just be refreshed. Uh, you can, God's mercy, and, and you can see uh, the salvation uh, throughout really page, every page of the Word of God, and you can just, uh, it brings joy to your heart to think of how merciful our God is, how loving our God is, how patient He is with us. And, and the psalmist understood that, and he, and he did that. And listen, the Word of God has power. Uh, verse 42 says, So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. So the psalmist, I believe, has experienced the salvation of the Lord. No doubt he's experienced the mercies of the Lord. We see there in verse 41, and, and he says, So shall I have therewith to answer him that reproacheth me. Have you ever been reproached? Uh, have you ever uh, dealt with that? The word there kind of has the idea of contempt or mockery, if you will. Uh, have you ever been mocked for your faith? I know I have. Um, it's not pleasant. And listen, if we aren't careful, we can respond incorrectly. Uh, because we'll re oftentimes respond in the flesh. But the psalmist here, so shall I have therewith to answer him that reproacheth me. He said, I can have an answer for those that mock me or for the reproach. For I have trust in thy word. He can use the word of God as the response. And, and I would submit to you, that's probably the best way to respond at any time, just the word of God. It's not going to return void. It will accomplish what God wants it to do. And you can't go wrong with the word of God. Not to mention, we're talking this morning, it has power. Uh, that word of God, when it goes forth, it, it has power. Uh, listen, the wisdom of the world is opposed to the wisdom of God's word. I mean, we see that in our society in America, like never before, probably today, uh, just so oppo opposite or opposing to the things of God. And, and uh, I know you guys have heard the old thing when young people go to college, uh, they're often forced to make a choice between God and man, right? And they're going to be taught all these different things, uh, humanistic thoughts. And, and uh, the reality is they're going to have, have, they're going to be facing people with brilliant minds, uh, there's some people that are, are very uh, brilliant out there. They're going to be confronted with that. they got these subtle philosophies that entangle them, uh, clever arguments uh, that are out there, and, and uh, those things will seduce young people especially, but I think anyone is, is susceptible to that. But listen, if we stand in the Word of God, we'll be far less likely to be susceptible to that. 
because uh, the word of God has power. It can give us strength and, and we can be confident in it. And uh, there is power in the word of God, power our adversaries cannot withstand. That's good to know. Uh, because when we fight this fight and, and we live the life that is uh, <clears throat> not a, uh, a fleshly fight, a spiritual warfare, if you will, uh, it's good to know that we have at our disposal something that is more powerful than our enemy. Um, that's what every nation wants, right? That's what the, the, uh, the race for nuclear war, nuclear arms was all about, right? We want something that nobody else has. We want a capability that nobody else can match. Well, we have that in the Word of God. Uh, and, and it's powerful. Uh, Satan's first goal uh, in the Garden of Eden was what? To convince Eve to set aside God's Word. Because uh, he knows he can't contend with it. Um, the moment she did, uh, he could tell her anything. The moment she sets aside uh, the God's word and the authority of God's word and the power of God's word, uh, then he's got a foothold to tell her anything he wants to. Uh, and we saw it played out. Uh, <clears throat> and oftentimes if the attack doesn't come without, it will come from within our minds. Uh, we begin to doubt the Word of God. Uh, the battleground is really not physical. Uh, it's oftentimes in our minds. It's a spiritual battle. And, and we struggle with those things. And, and uh, I, I don't, you guys may have heard this, the story of the young boy that was recently saved. And, and uh, the verse John 3.16 had been used uh, there to, uh, to uh, lead him to Christ. And, and he trusted and accepted Christ. The Savior, and and uh, but in bed that night he started to have some doubts. Like, Boy, I don't, I don't know. Is this true? Uh, had anything really happened? I don't necessarily really feel any different. And so this little boy, he's struggling with that, and and uh, <clears throat> he's remembering people saying that Satan uh, tempted Jesus in the wilderness, and. And those things, and that Satan, uh, he had been told that Satan loved darkness. And so he's there in the middle of his room that night, and, and uh, the darkest place in his room is under his bed. And so the story goes on to say that this little boy opened up his Bible to John 3.16, put his finger on the verse, and stuck that Bible under the bed and said, read it for yourself. <laughs> and uh, listen, we need the power of God's word in our lives. Uh, we cannot overcome our own mind struggles. We can, definitely can't overcome uh, Satan's attack in our lives. Uh, we can't uh, overcome the attack of the world in our lives without the Word of God. We need it. It's powerful. Uh, and so uh, are you holding on to the Word of God? Uh, verse 42, it says, So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. Look what it says. For I trust in thy word. Do you trust it? Uh, listen, I, I submit to us, all of us would verbally say that. Uh, most of us, if not all of us, have made a profession of faith. So we would say that. But I'm sure at times, are we practically doing that? 
like that little boy in his room and he's having some doubts? Are there times in our lives where we have doubts or we have struggles and, and we're just not so sure, but what do we do? Uh, do we get the Bible out like the little lad did? And go to the Word and, and trust that God will be able to overcome any doubt in our minds through the power of His Word? I can't tell you how many times I've, I've struggled and I doubted and, and I, you just get in the Word and there's something about the Word of God's power that can soothe your heart. I've, I've read it and there was not a verse that dealt specifically with what I was struggling with. It wasn't something that jumped off the page and said, this is for you today, Justin. But it was this soothing, calming power of the word of God in my life that just said, you know what? Everything's okay. I can't explain it. It's supernatural. God's word is powerful. And, and, and the psalmist decided to exercise the power of God's word. And, and uh, <clears throat> he, he chooses to do that. I trust in your word. We don't have to defend the Bible. It can defend itself. Um, I, you know, I, I've done some college classes and things on the Bible, and, and I think there's a place in, in things. And, and the, the reality is if we just understand our Bibles and read our Bibles, I think we'll be okay. Uh, we, don't, we don't have to try to defend it. We can leave that to the Holy Spirit and to the power of God's Word itself. Uh, we don't have to necessarily do that. And, and, uh, uh, and that brings us to the proof of God's Word. Look at verse 43, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. Uh, <clears throat> the psalmist wanted nothing in his life or circumstances that would give his enemies a handle against him. Often we find ourselves in a situation where it seems as if God's word has failed. Uh, the foe is, is quick to pounce on such things, right? The, the enemy he likes to, to jump on that. The skeptic picks out uh, some grave, uh, some injustice of some type, if you will, uh, done to a believer and says, there, explain that. How does that line up with the word of God? And, and many things in life seem to nullify the truth of the Bible, at least to the satisfaction of those that don't believe, right? Uh, they, they, oh, well, look at that. And However, uh, God, however, is not working to our puny little time scale. Right? He's got a much bigger picture than we do. Um, I, in the military, you talk about a bigger picture. I, you know, I got, I got more responsibility. They pay me the same thing, but uh, like I got a new position. And, and uh, I'll never, I could not believe some of the stuff that I did not understand at a lower level before. It just blows my mind. And I, I don't want to get into a lot of specifics, but um, it's just amazing. When you just look at managing people and leading people and, you know, you have mission requirements and you have people issues and you have all this stuff going on. And, and in this position, my mind is just blown. Like, how do we even manage sometimes uh, with what goes on? But um, <clears throat> God, I can only imagine his picture, the optics that he has on this world. And his understanding of what's taking place. Uh, and so uh, he's working for eternity. Uh, how often we get so focused on the minute little things at a time. And we begin to question the things of God. And, or sometimes maybe even question God's word. And, and uh, <clears throat> listen, God's word is made of the stuff which is 
made of eternity, if you will. Uh, God's word is eternal. And Second uh, <clears throat> Peter chapter three and verse is three through nine. I'm going to read these as a reminder to you this morning. And because uh, sometimes it takes God's word time to become relevant to us. Right? Sometimes we might question it. Why this or why that? Especially as unbelievers uh, may do at times. And, and, uh, but God's word often plays out. Sometimes it takes centuries. And when I think of this, I can't help but think, I think it was, was it President Washington that they tried to drain his blood? And the word of God says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Right? And so we didn't understand that for a long period of time later that, whoa, that was probably not a good idea. Right, But God's word is eternal. And so I'm just going to read this as a reminder for you this morning. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 9. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this, they willingly are ignorant of that, by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, And a thousand years is one day. Here's probably the best part. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness. Here it is. But is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. Listen. Sometimes God lets things play out in a way that we won't even understand. And maybe we even struggle with, uh, God, why don't you intervene in these circumstances? But, but listen, the reality is God's doing a work because he loves people. And he's long-suffering. And he wants them to come to Christ. And he's, and he's patient. Uh, and, and he's not slack. He's made a promise and he'll keep it. And, and that's a comfort to know. And, and, and God's word will prove itself. We don't have to do it for him. God can manage that. We should not be troubled by seeming delays. Maybe what men call delays. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm a Burger King Christian. I want it right now and I want it my way. And if we're not careful, that's the mentality we get. Uh, But we have to be reminded that's not how God works. God is far more patient than any one of us in this room. He's far more loving and kind. And if it takes another day, it's irrelevant to Him. Listen, if it takes a thousand years, but that's but a day. I don't know about you, but that's hard for this mind to wrap that around. But that's the reality of it. And God is so patient and kind. And, and listen, His word is true no matter what the immediate circumstance is. No matter what we face. 
the law, psalmist here longed that the circumstances would vindicate the truth of God's word. He, he's waiting for that time when it's revealed and, and it just, I guess it all makes sense, if you will. And, and listen, one day that's going to happen. And there will be no scoffers. There will be no doubters at that point. Uh, but listen, that doesn't mean there won't be some challenges and some difficulties along the way as we go and get there. But listen, God will prove himself and his word. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, the permanence of God's word. Look at verse 44. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. Temporary delays and setbacks were not going to undermine the psalmist's faith. He was decided that uh, the permanence of God's word is good for him and he was going to trust it. We must bring our life in line with the eternal truths of Scripture. Not the shifting sands of society and those things around us. Uh, we don't want to change. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just good to know that we have something we can rest in. You know, I guess a good example would be the Air Force. I've been in almost 20 years now, and it changes constantly. They just changed hair regulations. I know you guys don't care about that, but ladies can wear their hair in a ponytail now. That was, they had to be up, off their forehead, off their brow, all of these kind of things, but now they can wear a ponytail or a braid down the back, and I think it's good, right? I don't have long hair, so I don't have to worry about that, but, um, but that's an example of a small, maybe insignificant change, but the Air Force constantly is changing, and it gets old. It's like, boy, I just, you know, I joined, and honestly, I just joined to, to protect our nation and defend the Constitution. That's the honest reason I did. And so um, I just want to go to war when needed. Right? I'm not a warmonger necessarily, but, uh, um, but I'll tell you what, those are the most fulfilling times of my career. As challenging as they've been, there's the most, you know, dealing with people here, good grief at Ellsworth. You know, you just want to go to war and, and just do work, right? <laughs> just handle things. Um, but listen, we have the permanent permanency of God's word. It never changes. Amen. That is comforting to know that we can set our hope and our faith in something that does not change. Regardless of what happens around us, we can be confident that God's word will never change and we can find security and hope in that. Uh, that what, a, what a blessed thought to think of, of the permanence of God's word. Uh, Psalm 119.89, we'll get to that at some point, but I can't help but read it to you this morning. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. We don't have to worry about anything that comes from the word of God. It's, it's settled. It's not going to change. And we can be confident in that thing. Uh, we know that he will keep his promise. And and uh, look at verse 45. We got the path of God's word, if you will, this morning. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. And uh, what a good thought. And I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> most people would not describe walking according to the word uh, the way the psalmist does here. Uh, most people probably want it. They might describe the life of faith as, as bondage rather than liberty. And uh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go here, you can't go there. Uh, people have had that conversation over and over. 
Uh, to the unsaved man, it, it, it seems like a life filled with restrictions. Uh, and just a lot of uh, rules. Uh, but the psalmist here saw God's law as the perfect law of liberty. Uh, that's interesting. It did not seem, or it did not mean he could do whatever he wanted. Psalmist knew that there were, it's a law. There were, there were guidelines and it had nothing to do with him doing whatever he wanted, but it meant he could do whatever God willed. And that, he says, is true freedom. Uh, only the saved, I believe, can truly understand that. Uh, those who refuse to walk in God's ways bring themselves into bondage, do they not? Uh, into bondage. Uh, they're soon bound by the shackles of sin. Uh, John 8.34 says this, Jesus answered them, answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. How many millions of people are slaves to drugs, to drink, to tobacco, uh, to uh, their tempers, uh, pride, their evil passions, lust, they're slaves to those things and their sin. And uh, the word of God is the opposite of that. And, and uh, the first lie propagated on this planet promised liberty, right? Satan to Eve. He, he promised her liberty, began to question God. And, and uh, <clears throat> we know that Eve swallowed Satan's lie. Ladies, no, Adam bought it as well, right? And we know that. And, and uh, listen, uh, they soon found that the freedom that they had promised wasn't freedom at all. Well, when the sin came, uh, Jesus declared that the truth is what sets us free. It truly, we can be made free by the word of God and uh, the word of truth. Only when we know and obey the truth will we experience true liberty. When you know your need of a Savior and you respond in faith and receive Christ, then only can you know true liberty. And uh, listen, it is so freeing to understand that when you're living according to the precepts of God's Word, just the liberty you have and the confidence that you have, you're not worried about anything. You don't have to look over your shoulder. Well, are they going to catch me doing this? Are they going to catch me doing that? No, you're doing right. Uh, that's very liberating to think. And, and listen, this morning, if you don't have liberty in your life, it's probably because you have sin. And God's not letting you go on that, right? God's going to keep working in your heart and keep convicting you of that, and you need to deal with that. If, you, if you're without Christ, you definitely don't have any liberty. And so this morning... Uh, it's only when we know the truth uh, that the truth can set us free and, or we can be made free. And then uh, next this morning, we got to move on here, the principles of God's word. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and I will not be ashamed. This is something that Paul did. Jesus did it. Joseph did it. Daniel did it. Folks that stood before kings and uh, we're not ashamed. Uh, they speak of the testimonies. And uh, <clears throat> listen this morning, we have nothing to be ashamed of in God's Word. Amen. Nothing. Uh, and that's a blessed thought in and of itself. Uh, it has stood the test of time. 
We talked about scoffers and, and those folks. It has stood the test of time, and I'm telling you this morning, it will continue to do so. Uh, there's no reason to be ashamed of the Word of God. And uh, Listen, it has required the allegiance of some of the world's finest thinkers. Those that uh, thought they knew everything, and, and when they're confronted with the Word of God, they realize that, wow, that's truth. I can't argue with that. Uh, and listen, those are much more brilliant minds than mine, I would say. Uh, many of those folks, we don't need to mention any of them. We can mention anybody in this room, and they're more brilliant than me. But listen, we can stand alongside some of the greatest human beings that ever lived. that believed in the Word of God, that could speak of the testimonies of God before kings. Uh, we don't need to be ashamed of this book. Uh, we really should be proclaiming it in boldness and confidence that it is the Word of God. It has the answers to all the questions of mankind. Like I said, history has showed us that we don't always understand that it has the answers, but it truly does. Uh, and, and if we would get into it, I think we would find that and, and we'd become more confident in the principles of the Word of God and we would have no reason to be ashamed. Um, you know, you think, who would like to go speak to President Biden? Uh, there's some people that would like to give him a piece of their mind right now, right? <laughs> but he doesn't need that. He needs the Word of God. Amen. That's what we need to give all of our legislators, Right? There's a lot of folks, I hear them, Christians even. Boy, I'd like to get in there and I'd tell him how it is. We need to get in there and get the gospel to him. Uh, we can't change him. Listen, you know how many arguments that go on in our, in our legislative process in our government? This side and that side. and we're, You're not going to convince anyone. We need the power of God's word to be pro proclaimed to these individuals that they might see the light and the truth of the gospel. That's what we need. And listen, I submit to you this morning, church, that's our job. I believe we ought to be involved. I was in this court-martial. Um, I, I probably could have gotten out of it. Yep, kill him. You know, you, I could answer the questionnaire and, and go into the open court questioning, and I could said certain things, and they were, whoa, this guy is a loose cannon. We're not going to have him on this panel of members to decide this, this individual is guilty or innocent. But the one thing that I couldn't get away from was if, if Christians aren't willing to do things like that, we're leaving it to the lost to do. And that was really, I was like, you know what? I need to fill these out and be honest with it. If I get removed, I get removed. If not, here we go. Uh, listen, we need to get involved in those processes. But we need to spread the gospel in God's word in that process. The pleasures of God's word. Look at verse 40. said, and I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. Listen, not many get their pleasure out of studying God's word. I, I say not many. Maybe there are many, but not everybody, I, I guess would be fair to say. We find pleasure in, in many other things, don't we? Uh, I know I do things. We have hobbies and things. And, and, uh, but listen, at, at least at times, uh, we tend to uh, not find pleasure in, in the Word of God. I, I would have to say that in my Christian life, I would be dishonest if I didn't admit that to you. That sometimes I'm not delighting in those things. 
And, uh, <clears throat> but if we can begin to learn the value of God's word to us and to this world, our attitude will often change. Uh, well, sometimes we get down and, and we get discouraged and we're just not delighting in it. But, but really, if we understand the true value that God's word has, we will have no choice but to delight in that. And the rich resource that it has, all the answers, the solutions to the problems, all those things, and all this thing, the bread of life, if you will, this morning, when you understand that, then you can begin to delight in it. Uh, because without it is really suffering. Uh, and, and so lastly, as we close this up this morning, the praise of God's word. Verse 48, my hands also will I lift up unto, my command, unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Uh, so the psalmist here does something that Justin DeGarmo doesn't do very often. His hands are raised in praise and rejoicing to the Lord. Uh, and, and he says, my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And, and so Barnes, his Bible note says this, as an expression of delight or rejoicing, as people lift up their hands with their voice, when they give expressions of joy, it denotes a high statue of joy, such as leads an outward expression, not merely that which exists in calm contemplation, but where the heart is full and when it finds outward expression, my cup runneth over, if you will. Like your heart's so full, you got to do something. And uh, people down south, I don't know how their cup gets full easier than mine, but because I'm that guy that sits in calm contemplation oftentimes. Uh, but listen, we can rejoice in the commandments of our God. Uh, and, and maybe it's because it says, which I have loved. Maybe it's a lack of love. I just indicted myself, right? But listen, do we really love and delight and desire the Word of God to the point where it brings us to rejoicing? What a challenge to my heart. Uh, and it, it caused them to meditate. Boy, when, when God does something so good through His Word, and, and when you begin to rejoice in that, what do you do? You're going to think on those things. You're going to meditate in the Word of God, and you're going to have pleasure in those, and, and it's going to be the thing that you desire to think about uh, because you love it. And, and so this morning, uh, I'm going to close because the buzzer is going to kick me out, and it says the Word of God is valuable in many ways. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. It, it's a very valuable source. And this morning, my prayer is that we've been challenged to make a greater commitment to God's Word. It's such a rich resource of the things that we need. Uh, and we ought to make it a priority in our lives. And uh, we ought to be studying it. We ought to be obeying it. We ought to be living it. And we ought to be sharing it with others. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would take your word and do a work in our hearts that would help us to be better witnesses for thee. Lord, I pray that we could reach those that we work with, those that we go to the grocery store around. And Father, Lord, that we would truly reach our community with the gospel. Lord, I pray that you do work in our midst as we go to the next hour. Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit filling. And thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.